Rory McIlroy has pocketed around 26 million Australian this morning after winning the Tour Championship there in the FedEx Cup finale by one stroke. He has beaten Sung Jae Im and Scotty Scheffler, the Northern Irishman. Uh, now, yesterday in the cricket, we saw Australia beat Zimbabwe by five wickets with 99 balls remaining. And Cameron Green was man of the match for his five for 33. We had the inaugural draft for the Big Bash last night and little teams brushed those unavailable for the majority of the tournament. In fact, five platinum names were brushed altogether and weren't even drafted. Faf Duplessis, Kieran Pollard, Jason Roy, Dwayne Bravo and Andre Russell. Liam Livingston, the Englishman, went number one for the Melbourne Renegades. So only seven of the 12 platinums picked. Uh, tells you, Clarky, they might have to do some tweaking to this. Probably with the length of the tournament and the dates of the tournament would yeah. be number one, you would think. So they well, can ensure that these players are available. Yeah, well, the problem is the these players uh, are going to leave the BBL halfway through and go and play in the UAE League. So why would you want to pay big money or maximum dollars to a player that's not going to be there for the most important part of the tournament, the, the finals? Um, and at the moment... No player is going to pick BBL, or not many players are going to pick BBL over UAE, IPL, CPL, you know, to name a few, because the money's significantly different. You know, the the player that gets 300 grand here in Australia is probably going to get at least double that playing in the UAE league that's on in, it, 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 around the same time. So I can understand why the teams haven't picked them up. Um, but again, I don't know what the BBL is going to do to to ensure they get some bigger fish. Um, like we said before, half of those players, the platinum players, are, are retired from international cricket. So, yeah, if they're your best players coming and playing, I don't think that's going to be the answer for the BBL. In the Premier League last night, Spurs beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. Uh, Wolves and Newcastle finished 1-1 and West Ham won at Aston Villa. 1-0, and we'll speak to Mossy in about half an hour's time. But coming up, to preview the US Open at Flushing Meadows, Roger Rashid is next. Roger, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks. And uh, looking forward to this tournament over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I see that coaching is going to be allowed for the first time. So what exactly does this mean, Rog? Uh, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there, I mean the, the talk's always been... The US Open sort of led the way uh, a few years ago now where they tried it in the, in the qualifying rounds where you could... Um, once you're at the side of the, the end of the court where your coach was, you could actually uh, interact with the coach at the change of ends. Um, and there was also... And so what you can do is you can talk to the player if they're at your side of the end. Um, you could make... You can comment to the player. You kind of... Um, so it's... It's something that's been going on. Does it does it change the does it move the needle? I'm a I'm a bit of a skeptic here because, yep, I used to say things on the court. There's no doubt about that. But um, to sit and actually have dialogue with your player, you better be you better have the authority. Because some of the some of the coaches that are that are travelling with players are uh, their friends, their their club coaches. They're they're probably. They probably don't have the license to really make a, an impact when the player's on the court, and uh, and also I think there's a really uh, big thing for the player to work it out while they're on the court as well. I like the fact that our sport has 
the ability for a player to actually problem solve through the through the journey without without the coach's commentary. And um, yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed if it moves uh, if it continues to move fully to the other end just for the spectacle of um, for TV. So the, are the coaches allowed to sit on the bench, Rods? How does it all work? No, they're on. They're on the side. They're they're just taking that take place in normal seats. There'll be seating, obviously, so they're they're relatively close to the, to the court. I mean, uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, there you know you're elevated, obviously the big at the big um, on the big sites. Yeah. But there's there are the other courts that are, um, you know, that you're relatively close. So you'll be you'll be sort of they'll they'll position you so on um, the side of the court and then but not on the playing surface and then. Then it's up to the player to use. At the end of the day, there'll be some players like someone like Roger Federer would never uh, use the coach. Um, I don't think Rafa Nadal would use a coach. I don't think Novak Djokovic. I mean, why would Nick would love a coach, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Could see a stink between player and coach. Oh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Who's the nominated coach. Oh dear. Oh. So, so I love you know. I, is there any, you know, they've talked about how to actually do this. You know, um, I remember when I was on the board of the ATP Tour, we, we talked about what is the option. I thought the only other, the only option if you wanted it for TV or you wanted to make it to really impact you is you would, uh, you'd have a headset where the player could put the headset on. A bit like Formula One, uh, where you actually hear the, the, a little bit of the dialogue that comes through from uh, from the pits. And, um, but, you know, outside of that, I'm not sure whether we're going to. You know, I, I think if you did all the data on it, would if the player was down and they spoke to their coach, they, they do it on the WTA tour where you're actually allowed to go out onto the court and you you can ask the coach. But very rarely does it. Uh, the percentages work where it completely shifts and changes the change the momentum of a tennis match. Okay, as for the actual tournament itself, well, no Novak Djokovic, uh, Serena Williams. Last tournament, we expect before she, well, she doesn't want to use the R word, but uh, we expect that this will be it for Serena. So when you look at the overall winner, who are you gravitating towards, Rog? Yeah, I mean, for, for an, an enormous event, the US Open, I mean, we've, it's, you know, there's already a lot of hype around it. I mean, obviously, Novak not being there, um, it, it does, you know, we want the best players at playing our best sporting events anywhere. Around the world, I think that's you know there's there's definitely that's what we do want. So it's unfortunate for Novak, but he's made his decision on that. So when you look at it, I you know I, when I look through the draw for the first time, I think for so many years uh, the the men's draw is very open. You know, it's one of those draws where Medvedev hasn't yet found his true form as as number one player in the world. I still think he's one of the top two favourites, but uh, with with Rafa, uh, Rafa comes off an injury. Um, and so he, you know, his his form coming into his hard court form is not always uh, magical. You know, it's not like him coming into the clay court season to the into the French Open where he wins tournament after tournament, so he builds that momentum. So generally, Rafa comes into the US Open with not a lot of momentum on his side, um, and he tries to find that through the tournament. But um, so on the men's side of it, you you do look at it and you think, oh, it's quite you know, there's quite open with Alcaraz, the young Spanish guy, Casper Ruud. Uh, Tsitsipas, uh, Yannick Sinner, uh, young Italian. Uh, Nick's obviously in there as well. He, he's in the section with Medvedev, so it would look like he would he would have to take on Medvedev um, in the you know in a fourth round if he has to, if he gets through there. So he plays Kokonakis the first round, so it should be interesting. And uh, they play on that they play tomorrow night, so they play their first. They're they're on a, they're on Arthur Ashe Stadium after Serena. 
Um, and so when we when we look over to the to the women's side of it, it's obviously been highlighted by Serena and her her final U.S. Open, um, probably her final final matches as a pro pro tennis player, and, and the momentum has just has been enormous. You've got players in the locker rooms taking a lot of. Uh, you know they want they want photos they want selfies they're you know they're sort of, I, I guess they're in awe of, of what Serena's done for the game of tennis and they're they're trying to capture that in their own time because there'd be a, the majority of the field that would never have ever played Serena in a singles match um, and so just to feel uh, the weight of her her brilliance on a tennis court and and, and her power and and, and uh, you know the, the way she sort of the way she navigates the tennis court, so so that's going to be a big moment. I, I'm guessing there'll be a lot of tennis players that will stay and uh, will go and watch that because there'll be a, a very big opening. They always love an opening ceremony in, in New York um, on on uh, night matches, and um, this one will be no bigger with Serena. Is this Nick's best chance, buddy? Again, you talk about momentum and confidence, and he seems to be controlling to a certain extent what's happening. Uh, around you know temper, attitude, that type of thing. Could this be? Could could he honestly win this tournament? What's well, what's well, his bet? He's he's going in, uh, Clarky, with a lot of uh, legitimate momentum. Yeah. you know he's he's won matches. He's he's in the game. He's in the events. He's in the on the tour, if, if so to speak. As week in week out, he looks like he's doing things that are uh, that that give you that sort of currency on the tour. So. So yes, it is. I guess in that sense. So his his body seems a bit he's better, and he's he's mentally he's actually he's enjoying the game of tennis and what it and what surrounds it. So he's got a tough draw though. You know, you've got to play you got to play your mate, and um, and that could be that'll be interesting. It'll be quite emotional, I think, for both of them. They uh, they played a long time ago um, when they were when they were a lot younger. I think 2014 was might have been the last time they played each other, but. Um, and then he's got to get through, you know, you've got to get through the field. And as I said, you've got Medvedev, you've got Sitsipas on his section of the court as well. Um, you know, Kasper Ruud. There's a lot of players there. And obviously, they, you know, they delete themselves as we go through the draw. But um, yeah, he, he's, got a, he's got a very, you know, he's got an opportunity with, with a group of guys to be, you know, to be a second-week player. But, uh, you know, the, you know there's, there's, Medvedev's going to be the tricky one for him. What about a guy like Demonor? How far could he go, Rog? Uh, well, he's been a couple of, you know, he's been a quarter finalist here a couple of years ago. So he's uh, he's got a he's got a pretty solid opening too um, against Serbian uh, Filip Krancevic, who Kyrgios beat at Wimbledon. He didn't actually raise a sweat at Wimbledon against uh, against Krancevic, who actually didn't believe he could beat Nick. So this is a bit of a different story. But for Alex, who's probably in the best shape of his uh, of the last couple of years, because he did have COVID and he struggled with his uh, conditioning, I think. Um, this is the best court for him. The ball goes through the court. It's got some speed on it. Uh, he likes the the vibe of the the New Yorkers and the people that uh, come to the US Open because there is a lot of energy. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's a, an opportunity for him. And also, and then he gets to make his way through the draw, like his second round. And um, but yeah, it's it's uh, he's got an opportunity. And there's but there's a lot of good. You know, with the US Open and hard courts, there's a lot of good hard court players. And, and what I'm mean, a lot of clay court players that, that we don't generally see do well on grass. They they are relevant on, on a hard court. They transition on a hard court very well. So it opens the opens the field up a lot more um, during the US Open. Rog, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. Thanks, boys. Look forward to chatting as we get through the draw.
Running a trade business isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Sunshine and butterflies. What is it? Yeah. Rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> rainbows, and butterflies. rainbows and butterflies. This again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of spreadsheets and paperwork. Boring. That's why you should use Fergus Job Management Software. The smarter way for tradies to make every job successful. Let Fergus make your life easier. Save hundreds of hours on admin, get paid faster, and make every job profitable so you can focus on all the things you started a business for. Fergus, tradie swear by it. For more information, go to fergus.com. Tiger Tim from Canberra text in earlier. I'm 100% with Lozzy here. And this is about um, getting, well, being spoiled by spoiled your on Father's missus Day. on Father's Day. Yeah. I'm 100% with Lozzy here. Yes, she isn't his father. The point is you are celebrating him being a father. As with Mother's Day, you're celebrating her being a great mother to your children. Exactly. So, yes, she should spoil him unless he has been a crappy father, which I'm sure ain't the case, says Tiger Tim of Canberra. Tiger Tim... You have hit the nail on top of the head because Mother's Day, that is correct. We celebrate the fact that she's been such a great mother towards the children. So on Father's Day, they should be celebrating why I'm such a great father to my children. You can take this up with JR. Morning, mm. JR. Loz, I'm with you. Oh, I, I'm with you, Loz. Thank you. Well, I know it you is. would be, JR, because you've got a soft soul. <laughs> You're very thoughtful and you're very respectful and you, you know, you do the family thing so well. Whereas my wife, at times, she doesn't just include me. <laughs> well, Oz, you need to just keep reminding that it's about celebrating being a father in general and being a good one and a good dad and it's all about celebrating as a family. Yeah, exactly right. And I'll make the most of celebrating as a father too on Father's Day. <laughs> Your missus has got an overseas holiday coming up though, doesn't she? Yeah, she does, actually. Oh, I bet you're disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> She's going away for two weeks. Oh, what a shame. Mm, around Everest time, too. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh. Watch out. <laughs> Party at Loz's. Uh, JR, a huge week with the opening of the new stadium, stadium in particular. Sydney Football Stadium at Moore Park. Yeah, this was awesome, guys, watching all the vision that came out from last night. And, Loz, I know you were there, so you'll be able to give us a bit of an update on what it was like. But $828 million to knock down, rebuild. We know it almost cost the election back in 2017 when Gladys first announced the plan. But it all looked sensational. There were live performances by Guy Sebastian and a lap of honour from sports stars like Sonny Bill Williams, fireworks, light show. Loza, is it as amazing as what it looks like on TV? It looked terrific, JR. I was lucky enough to walk out there last night, um, had a bit of a, a look around the venue. Every vantage point is terrific. Um, you know, the, the hospitality uh, is fantastic. And I just can't wait to see it full because last night I think there was 25,000, 30,000 people there and it was amazing. Uh, with all the, the light shows and, you know, the, the bands and everything that played and the artists. But to see a footy game there and to have 40-odd thousand people there, I think we'll see a great spectacle. And I think both games are sold out this weekend, aren't they? Mm. The Wallabies and the Roosters uh, South Sydney game. But it, it's just it, – it's a wonderful facility. If you've been out to Combank Stadium at Parramatta, uh, similar to that, but it's it's a bigger stadium, obviously. Um, but if you go, you, you will have a fantastic experience, and that's what it's all about, going to these big venues now, having that experience, creating a good atmosphere for the game to be played in, um, and I think 
if you go there, you'll enjoy yourself. Now, just on Friday night's game, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but there is one that is floating around. Wednesday, COVID isolation period looks like it's going to be addressed at Cabinet, so it's going to be reduced from seven down to five days. And I think this is very timely because our Premier Dominic Perrottet has been calling this for months now. He's wanted this change for a long time. And it's just interesting that it's going to take place just a few days before the South Sydney take on the Roosters. And we all know that our PM and Anthony Albanese is a diehard Rabbitohs fan. So it means that Damien Cook will be able to line up, obviously, if he's feeling 100% from having COVID, but he'll be allowed to because because the isolation period would have changed from seven down to five days. Just interesting, the timing of this cabinet meeting. Conspiracy theory. Here we go. Another chapter to the book of few. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what's the latest in Formula One? Uh, Max Verstappen went from 14th to win the Belgian Grand Prix. His teammate Sergio Perez finished second. Carlos Sainz, who started from pole for Ferrari, finished in third. But what's come out this morning, guys, Daniel Ricciardo, we know he had a very documented tough week last week. It obviously finished with him coming in 15th in Belgium. But Formula One icon, Martin Brundle has said it's actually painful to now watch Daniel at the moment. He's said that he is a broken man and he actually believes that Ricardo's decision to leave Red Bull for Renault back at 2018 is basically the reasons behind his struggles and one that he's now going to go on to live to regret. So it is going to be interesting to see where Daniel ends up. He doesn't want to leave Formula One, but we'll have to watch this space. JR, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. The Australian men's cricket team played yesterday. Do you mm-hmm. like seeing cricket in August, international yeah, cricket here it, in Australia? It's an interesting one, isn't it, Loz? Because not surprising, there hasn't been well documented. You actually have to sort of really search through the internet to be able to find the results. And I guess because there's so much other things going on. So is there much headlines to the fact that Australia beat Zimbabwe by five wickets and Cameron Green was sensational. He had a five-wicket haul himself. Glenn Maxwell smashed an unbeaten 32 off nine balls. So it hasn't been overly well documented that match. But what has been well reported, though, guys, was the late Andrew Simons was well honoured. There were some really nice tributes. He had his nickname Roy and test number 388 written on the turf. And his children, Will and Chloe, carried drinks out for the Aussie team throughout the match after they lined up for the team's minute silence prior to the start of play. And also at the innings break, his children, wife, sister, mum and his two dogs gathered at the pitch alongside his baggy green bat, as well as some other things like a fishing pot and a Kruber hat. So so that was a, some nice special tributes to see out there yesterday. And a great weekend of racing, and we're really getting towards, well, it is spring as of this weekend. I was literally just saying to producer Will earlier this morning about how this is almost like Christmas as we're coming into spring racing. It's such a great time of year. And one for me on the weekend was just watching Sweet Ride record that upset victory in the San Domenico Stakes at $34. And Annabelle Neesham said she poured the work into Sweet Ride after that disappointing run in the Rosebrad and basically just said she wasn't surprised that he was able to show improvement between runs and it was a really good result there. And also just one quickly, guys, it was just nice to see co-trainer Luke Price, who he was doing his best not to get too emotional after Noble Soldier took out um, Saturday's midway at Rose Hill. And it was just days after they lost that beautiful horse and Count de Rupee who died suddenly of a suspected heart attack. So it was nice to see them get a win on the board. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, JR. And just on the text line here for you, Loz. Morning, boys. So I've got eight kids, five grandchildren. They should spoil us on Father's Day as usual. You are right, Loza. And my birthday is on grand final day. Look out, long weekend from Duffy, your biggest supporter. Laurie P.S. Can I be Dave Stanley's offsider on road trips, please? <laughs> Good on you, Duff. Um, being an offsider to Dave Stanley, now, 
you've got to have a a willingness to compete. Let me put it that way. Yeah, understand it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Yeah, you've got to be able to go hard, sustain a long effort. You've got to be four wide at times, but you just got to keep coming. If you want to to head with Stanley, you are an offsider later. He's an A grader. He's very, very good. Mm. Loves a schnitzel as well, from yeah. what I saw him posting on the weekend. Chicken palmy. Mm. He was yeah, He had them. to judge them, didn't mm. he? Gee, a lot of support for uh, Lozzie getting spoilt by his wife on Father's Day. Even Gail from Lakewood has texted in. Yes, Laurie. I'm with you. My husband and I have been married 48 years, oh. and when we had our first child, I've celebrated Father's Day for him as he is the father of my children and vice versa for Mother's Day. Says That's Gail lovely, Gail. From Lakewood. I think when you, you, I think if your kids are young, obviously, you know, my daughter can't go to the shop and buy her mother a Mother's Day present. So right. you need to help out there. But as your kids get older, in your case, yeah. this Father's Day, I don't think it's your wife's responsibility. I think your kids are old enough; they should be celebrating their father. I, I understand that. I, I really do. <laughs> you I, want you want more attention. Well, it's it's my day. <laughs> Your day with your kids. I agree. It's my day with the kids and my wife celebrating the fact that I've done such a great job. (laughs) As a father. As a father. Ah, okay. I see what you're looking for here. (laughs) So it's about me. I'm not not saying it's not. Do you expect your wife to buy you a present from her? Not from the kids, but from her? Well, it'd be handy. Well, it'd be nice just to receive something. Anything. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) See, I think, I think your kids should be spoiling you rotten. I don't. I don't think it's your wife's responsibility. Anything. Well, it, it, now that your kids I are old think. enough to do it on their own, yeah, but it, you it, just want more. But, just but, one extra present, or but on Mother's Day, yeah, I'm, like I'm there doing whatever I can for Michelle. But I'm saying more I'll for I'll you. I'll do whatever I can. But she's not your mum. Michelle's not your mum. Why are you I, doing? I that? know. That's what I mean. The goodness of my heart. Oh, what a lovely guy. <laughs> You know what? I'll get you a gift as well. <laughs> Out of the goodness of my heart, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I Keep everyone it. happy. I Keep the it. family unit together. Will has got the perfect little gift. I'll wrap that for him, Will. Big sports breakfast cap coming your way oh, for Father's love Day. That. Now, it's for you. Oh, for me. Not for your oh, wife. It's sorry. not Mother's Day or Wife Day. <laughs> now, the big sports breakfast grand final lunch, folks. It's on again. Enjoy, join the entire big sports breakfast team in the Grand Pavilion at Rose Hill. Wednesday, September 28, uh, with the midweek Rose Hill race meet in full swing. The team will take you through an afternoon of laughs, food, good company, as you mingle with NRL and racing royalty. Sky Racing's analysts will guide you through the Rose Hill Garden card and will also preview the Tab Epson that Saturday. Just got a question well. for you. Uh, just one second, you can ask. Mm. Tickets are available now. This is where you've got to get your tickets, Clarky. AustralianTurfClub.com.au. Okay, maybe my question's for Australian Turf Club. Can you bring kids? Like if you bought a ticket for your child, could your child come? Because on old school holidays, so for me, for example, I'll be there, but I'm I'm on duty that week. Okay, well, yeah. Can I buy a ticket for my daughter? Sure. Allowed to come? Go for it. So under 18's allowed? Well, I... I don't have the answer to that. I'll check with the Australian turf. We club. think so. Okay. Surely well, you can. Can't you? We'll find out and report back. Surely you can buy a ticket for anyone. But I'm saying, are you allowed to bring under 18? Will's doing a lot of nodding yeah. out in the control room. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, it's a function room. It's not yes. a bar Correct. as such. It's That's a function what I thought. room. So it's a function room. I'm assuming without being a licensing sergeant. Okay. 
Like you it. would be allowed to bring children under 18 in there. I might treat my little girl to big sports breakfast lunch. We're going to Ooh, treat ourselves to yeah. Phil Moss now. By the way, the results in the Premier League overnight. Tottenham 2, Nottingham Forest 0 in Nottingham. Wolves and Newcastle 1-1 and West Ham 1 at Aston Villa 1-0. And Celtic did a Liverpool. They won 9-0. Ange Postacoglu's side uh, against Dundee United. What are you laughing at? Clarky, this is why you're divorced. (laughs) Yeah, good point. That's just one of the reasons, probably. Morning, Bossy. I'm a bit worried about that laughter. What's going on? I missed missed the preamble. Oh, oh, just someone just letting some... me know why I'm divorced. One of the reasons. <laughs> oh, and I'm agreeing. Plenty of them around, Clark. Yeah, I'm agreeing with whoever's. There's no name to the text, but I agree. I can give him a few other reasons why I'm divorced <laughs> as well. Best, mate. Straight back. <laughs> if in doubt, go downtown. Oh. <laughs> can Arsenal win the league? Ooh. Uh, no. No. I, no. I, I well, just... they can because they're in the league and they're leading the comp, but... Uh... But they can't because I, I just don't think they can maintain the rage for as long as you need to in the Premier League when you've got a team like Manchester City. And I, and I still think Liverpool, um, I tip them pre-season, they'll, they'll come good. I mean, obviously the weekend, uh, you know, 9-0 thrashing at Bournemouth, I've tipped Bournemouth to go down, so I'm certainly not cracking champagne corks. But it was a statement win by them just to just to let everyone know that they're still there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think Arsenal... They, they're... They're setting themselves up for a fantastic season, and you know the questions were always whether Arteta could take them to another level. He's proving that he probably can, but I just think Manchester City and, and Liverpool are just a class above, and, and that will prove to be the case over the course of a of a, a long season. United are back, Mossy. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Talking of statements, <laughs> they're back. Well, they had a victory two in a row, one nil over Southampton. Yeah, look, it's well, definitely away from home, isn't it? That's for it's sure. Definitely going to help the dressing room. Lies and Casemiro, uh, you know, the, the signing of him, I think, is a big one. But the the Ronaldo circus rolls on, and uh, apparently his uh, his agents now begged Napoli to to take him on board. Now Napoli are in the um, in the Champions League, of course, and that seems to be the the. Um, the, the sole motivation for Ronaldo at the back end of his career. But, um, look, it, it's it's definitely a confidence booster. We all know um, winning breeds confidence and it becomes a habit. So back-to-back for Ten Hag is, is big, big news over there in England. Um, but I still think there's, um, you know, there's a, a lot of issues that need to be ironed out before we can say that they're, they're back on track. How's Ange going to go against Real Madrid, Mossy? Well, how good is this, Clark? My God. Seeing, uh, seeing Ange and, and Harry Kjorn, the technical area in the Champions League against Real Madrid. Amazing. Um, and they are the record holders for the number of times they've won the Champions League, Real Madrid. Oh, I just think it's a fantastic story, regardless of what code you, you, you follow. I think this is an, an amazing Australian sporting story. So I can't wait for that to come around. Some other good draws as well, um, not just Celtic, but... Um, Rangers are in the in the group with Liverpool, but we've got some real Socceroo um, flavour to the Champions League this year with uh, Matty Ryan, who's at Copenhagen, with Andrew Clark, who's the conditioning coach for the Socceroos. Um, they're in the same group as Manchester City. Uh, in Group G, you've got uh, Irukovitsa, who plays for uh, Maccabi Haifa in Israel. Um, they've drawn PSG and Juve. Um, and, of course, Arjun Rustic, uh, who is... Um, one of our current Socceroos, um, and his future's a little bit uncertain at the moment, but he's at uh, Frankfurt, 
um, and they have. Um, I'm just looking at my notes now. They've got a, a fantastic group with Tottenham Hotspur, Sporting, uh, and Marseille. So they've got a real they've got a real chance of, of going through there. Um, but good to see them up against Spurs as well. Yeah, gosh, those nine nil results over the weekend with uh, Celtic and Liverpool. That absolute pace. A lot of goals, huh? <laughs> oh, what's going on there with the defence? But uh, we've got yeah. midweek games in the Premier League this week as well. Southampton up against Chelsea, Fulham and Brighton. Crystal Palace, Brentford, Leeds and Everton now. Early days, but uh, Everton, uh, they've started with two wins and two draws already in the drop zone. Uh, sorry, two losses and two draws already in the drop zone. I mean, the pressure is going to mount very quickly considering what occurred last season, Mossy. Yeah, that's right. Um, Lampard under extreme pressure there. There's no doubt about that. And I think the other one who's starting to, to feel the pressure a bit is Steven Gerrard yeah. at uh, Aston Villa. They're not where... We thought they would be this early in the season. Still only four games in, of course, but three um, three losses and a win from his first four with Villa. West Ham obviously um, went to Villa and beat them overnight, um, which was West Ham's first goal of the season and win of the season. Um, so that certainly was a game that Villa would have been uh, hoping to get all three points. Um, and Wolves and Newcastle overnight uh, with that one-all draw, as you said. But yeah, Everton, pressure on Leicester City. Brendan Rodgers, um, they are holding the table up. Um, three losses and a draw to start their season, so that is not looking good for them either. I can't get over the, the fixturing, though, over there. Liverpool play Newcastle Thursday morning our time and then play Everton away Saturday night. I mean, that's yeah. just madness. It's crazy. And and everything else that goes into that Merseyside derby, it's not just a game, is it? It's a... All the uh, emotional energy that goes into a derby as well. Why do they have it scheduled like that? Can I ask? Do we know? I don't know, Mido. No, just yeah, not sure. <laughs> Got to fit everything in. Yeah, Sometimes it's just that congested. When you That's think right. league when, cups, um, FA cups, Champions leagues. Exactly. That's mm. what I was going to say as well. And and don't forget, there's a World Cup. <laughs> yes, um, of course. Coming up in November as well, which uh, which means it's probably uh, probably going to be even more of a cram season than uh, than in the past. Have you seen this story with Paul Pogba overnight, Mossy? No, I haven't. Okay, so Paul Pogba uh, has issued a statement saying that he's been a target of extortion and threats from an organised gang. And this came after his brother, yes, his brother, who seems to be involved with these criminal elements, posted videos saying that he's going to publish, quote, great revelations about Pogba. So we're never far out of the news, but this is uh, highly, I guess, unique and unusual. Yeah, absolutely, especially if it's to do with his own brother as well. Um, but, gee, the, my, my mind goes straight away to, uh, thank goodness he's not still at Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine that with the Ronaldo story. Ken Hogue would be, uh, be ageing over, uh, overnight. But anyway, yeah, not a good story, that one. Well, Mossy, we know you've got a busy day ahead, so we'll let you be, but uh, we'll speak later in the week. Great to chat, chaps. Take care. And just on the Kosciuszko, I've got a text here from Desi at the Central Coast. Could you please direct me where I can buy a Kosciuszko ticket through my app account? Thanks, Desi. Desi, just open the app. There it is, front page. Uh, what do they call that? The carousel, I think. Uh, in the middle of your main page on the tab app, it just says Kosciuszko tickets. Click on that. Uh, under where you search runners, trainers, jockeys as well. Um, where it's sort of scrolling through a few things like uh, 
tab slot runner lost and running, then join tab today, and then it goes to same game multi, and it goes Kosciuszko. Click on that as well. That's where you can get your tickets, five bucks. So you can win a share of $2 million, $5 a ticket, no individual limit on tickets. They're available from your tab app. There's a dismension, your local pub, club, or tab agency as well on your EBTs. And sales close soon, Wednesday, September 7. So what's that? A couple of Wednesdays' time. 14 winning ticket holders to be drawn Friday, September 9 um, for your Kosciuszko tickets. What have we got here from what's going on with the boys at Robertson here, Loz? Uh, shout out to Skip from Robertson. What's happened here? Spent parts of Saturday night and Sunday lunchtime in the emergency wards of two hospitals. He does need to learn how to skip better and possibly know when to declare, but thankfully no further damage other than some stitches and a bruised ego. Cheers, the orange spud sending that one through. Very inconclusive what's going on there. Yeah, we need further evidence to find out what's actually occurred there, Mido. As long as Skip from Robbo's okay, he's only got a few stitches, but we need to find out a bit more information. What do you reckon? A fair bit more. Mm. Something dodgy's happened there. Uh now, Ron Duffy, I believe, coming up shortly ahead of Punter's Postmortem. Big show today to break down the San Domenico on the weekend. Also down south, the Memsey Stakes at Caulfield. Um, I mentioned earlier, did you see the win by I Wish I Win? Peter Moody, Loz, and uh, Jamie Carr in the saddle there. It was heavily backed. Yeah. Late to really heavily. I think it was crunched from about 450 to 260. Declaring? In the last... Oh, I don't know where they'd go. They'd have options, mm. stacks of options, but it looks like it's... Um, Horse of the future. A one to watch this spring. P. Moody, just starting to really just get some good horses back under the belt. Yeah, good to see. He's been a good trainer, Moods, and we all know his feats with the great black caviar. Um, so good to see all the good horses and emerging horses start to make an impact. In fact, there's an emerging horse that was supposed to run today that will be running later in the week. And stand by, everybody. Mm. I think I may have a potential superstar on my hands. As in, you are an owner? Yes. Well, well that's a teaser I'll release for the week. information later in the week. Here we go. Now but I think daily. I've now got one to rival. Actually, not rival. Be better than yours. What do you mean? Pretty wild. Yeah. Come on. It'll smash pretty wild. Well, will they? Well, they won't even compete, from what I'm hearing. Possibly not. No. <laughs> but I'll generate a lot of headlines with this horse. Okay. Because you we're on our way to climbing the mountain. Have you got a name? Yes, I have got a name. That Ooh. is a teaser for the week. I like so it. There you go. Has um, it had a race? It's imminent. Mm. It's about to happen. We'll Sooner have, rather than later. Loz Love will, it. Loz will have more details. Joining us ahead of Punters Post Morning. Ron Duffy, Duff, morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, what did you make of the performance of Sweet Ride in the San Domenico on the weekend? What did you take out of the race overall? Uh, look, I, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, look, he'd had a run back. He was well beaten by a couple of horses in this race, and... I know he was given a good ride, but, gee, um, uh, he's a little fella. He's not much of him. And what you see is what you get, and he, he dominated the race. So I want to see him do it twice in a row, but he did beat him, beat them pretty comprehensively. So 
I, like I say, I didn't see it coming. It would have been the last horse I picked in the race, and uh, it was a shock to me. So uh, uh, the uh, little query on the form, I'm, it was just a, a funny result that was thrown up. Would you make a Kaboo, Duff? Uh, he was terrific. He's a lovely horse. Um, he was ridden to his strengths. He had a fitness edge. It was a good, positive, confident ride by uh, Regan Bayless, and he can only improve again. He's still learning his craft. I think he'll get 1,400 mile, uh, no problems, and he was far too good and left a few in his wake there as well. I think we expected more from a few runners there, but um, was unfortunate with the late scratching of Conqueror. We didn't really get to see um, him to show his wares. So he was left uh, with a little bit uh, less opposition, but he capitalised on it pretty well. Shades of Rose, another dominant win there on Sunday. What sort of progression to what sort of races can you envisage her attacking this ring? Uh, before Saturday, I was I was sort of wanting to see her do... I thought she'd been gifted a few races, and I know she'd been running time and all that, but I, I like to see these spreading types cross, tick off the box at 1,200 metres. But she did with a bang there on Saturday. I thought it was the best performance, hitting 1,200 for the first time, and the sky's the limit. I don't know whether it's going to be this prep. She's had a few hard runs, but... Uh, she continues to put on condition and thrive with racing. So uh, she's group class for sure. And down south in the Memsey, Snap Dancer, can you envisage it attacking an Everest? No. Um, well, I suppose there's slots left. Uh, she's a dual group one winner. She's sharp. Uh, these horses that come out of Queensland winters always have the edge late October, uh, late uh, August in these uh, first group races, and she did a really good job. I thought the second horse, I'm Thunderstruck, was uh, I'm Thunderstruck was near the run of the day. Um, it was mm. a ripping run. He, he he made all that ground on his own with no cart into the race down the middle, and there's scope for improvement there. So he's in for a really really big preparation. Thanks so much, Duff. See you guys. Punters post-mortem coming up after the 9 o'clock news with JR. Now, Heroes and Villains, the winner. In fact, I'm torn here, so I'm going to put it to the panel. All right? Mm -hmm. You've got two choices. I'm going to two texts today. Tiger Marty, who made the hero Marika Corabetti. Uh, he says the South African winger started off in Adelaide, ended up in the Northern Territory. What a hit, villain. Me for yet again thinking there's no way Wests can lose it from here. The West Tigers, of course, that being. And, uh, well, the ways they can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory never ceases to amaze. Or hero Bonnie Hancock, ski paddled around Australia. Villain cricket. I'm a big cricket follower, but it's too early for internationals in Australia. It's footy season. What do you want? First one or second one? Bonnie. Bonnie Hancock. Bonnie Hancock for me. Well, you're going to say the same thing, Clarky. Otherwise, I have to give the casting vote. So, well done to Leanne at Temworth. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne at Temworth is one. Well done, Leanne. Congrats, Leanne. Spoil your husband on, <laughs> on Father's Day, Leanne. <laughs> otherwise? That's what I'm asking on all wives to spoil their husbands on Father's Day. It's coming up on Sunday. Big mm. build-up. So, it's going to be a massive build-up to Father's Day. I'm going to mention it every day this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm expecting lots from my six-year-old. Yep. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>